Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Did anyone ever teach you the four stages of giving? Me neither. (laughs) Here, it's best with illustrations. The first stage of giving. A person stands up in church and says, hey, everyone, pay attention. I'm putting a $100 bill into the collection plate. The second stage of giving. A person stays seated and doesn't tell anyone they're putting in the plate, but they make it really convenient for someone to find out. The third stage of giving. This one's a little more subtle. They put the $100 bill in the plate without fanfare, and no one necessarily knows that they've done it, but they feel righteous. When I first heard this, I had the same reaction many of you may be having right now. What's the fourth stage? Here's the response I got. Who knows? During divinity school, I lived in a huge household of graduate students. No one had independent income. We always scraped together the rent and the utility bill payments, but it was a scene. Out of the blue, every once in a while, there would be a bag of groceries at the front door. We had no idea who left it there. Fresh vegetables, cheese, coffee. What happens when someone gives anonymously is that suddenly the giver could be anyone, everyone. From the first bag of groceries on, the feeling of gratitude and caring for our neighbors came easily. Individuals among us helped out sometimes with babysitting or driving to doctor's appointments, but what what our household really loved was what I named stealth help. What we didn't have in money, we had in numbers, strength in numbers. With all the overnight guests counted in, we were 16 or more. 16 or more to shovel stoops and walkways, spring clean a yard or a garage in the night or in the earliest morning hours. It was essential to the spirit of the mission to remain anonymous. We also became part of a larger underground network called the Black Jockey Liberation Squad, which involved midnight rides into the suburbs. That was another kind of stealth help, and remaining undiscovered was raised to critical. We loved to sit around imagining people waking up and discovering our handiwork. Years later, after we had moved out of the neighborhood, we learned that it was old John across the street who had started everything. He never told. Someone finally caught him in the act of leaving groceries for the people who had moved into our old house. I remember 
painting the ceiling of his porch by flashlight one night, thinking how cool it was to help this elderly gentleman. That would be stage three giving, righteous. <laughs> In all our guessing, it never ever occurred to any of us that old John was it. Reverend Ted Bolsinger writes, true generosity, astonishing generosity, is not a matter of an abundance of resources, but instead a huge heart and an abundance of compassion. I would add to that the word joy, astonishing generosity is great joy. This is the way in which generosity amplifies our humanity by generating compassion and engendering joy. Here at Arlington Street, we have a spiritual practice of astonishing generosity. During this church year alone, we've supported the Guest at Your Table program for the Unitarian Universal Service Committee. And I drove a big carload of donations to Renewal House the Unitarian Universalist Urban Ministry Shelter for Women and Children Escaping Domestic Violence. We co-hosted a holiday party with Bethel Pentecostal Church, serving food, painting faces, and giving gifts to kids in Dorchester, for whom some of whom that evening was their whole Christmas. We participated in the National Day of Service in celebration of Dr. King's birthday, spreading out across the city on that wintry day with sandwiches and handmade scarves. We raised money for Partners in Health and Eritage and sent sheets and towels and diapers and 16 10-person tents and a mobile clinic to Haiti for earthquake relief. We enjoyed a high tea, New Orleans style, and the funds we raised helped support our work this past week in New Orleans. With some of us working in the community garden and helping get Ms. Deborah's house rebuilt in the Lower Ninth Ward, while other of us installed baseboard, grouted tile, and smashed up bad concrete at First Church, our partner church there. This is Jubilee, Arlington Street's work in the world. I like to say the church has left the church. No one, not a soul, crowed as they put $100 or thousands of dollars into these many plates. None of you cared if anyone knew you had given or not, and no one acted in the least bit righteous or puffed up, although you certainly deserve to. Some of you even got onto that high wire of giving and slipped me money anonymously, Above all, an extraordinarily generous soul who paid our entire dues to the Unitarian Universalist Association and the Massachusetts Bay District. I find myself this morning preaching to the converted. We are converted to astonishing generosity. Maimonides was a 12th century rabbi, physician, philosopher, and Torah scholar. He posited eight degrees of charity. These are even better than the four I mentioned earlier, and he even shared all eight. The first and lowest degree of charity is to give reluctantly or regretfully a gift of the hand, but not of the heart. 
The second degree is to give cheerfully but not proportionately to the distress of the sufferer. The third degree is to give cheerfully and proportionately but not until asked. The fourth is to give cheerfully, proportionately, and before we are asked, but to put it into the poor person's hand, possibly shaming them. The fifth is to give in a way that the recipients know you, but you don't know them. The sixth is to give in a way that you know your recipients, but they don't know you. The seventh degree is for the giver and the recipient to have no knowledge of each other. The eighth and highest degree of charity is to anticipate a need and therefore to prevent poverty. Note that in the eighth degree of giving, there is no giver and no receiver. Each is the giver and each the receiver, and an anonymity becomes irrelevant. It's all in with the true and astonishing generosity of a huge heart, an abundance of compassion and great joy. And along the way, the world is changed, one soul at a time. Here is an eighth degree of charity story, a true story from the Great Depression. It opens on Jim Miller's roadside proto stand somewhere in the small southeastern Idaho community. Here is the conversation a man I'll call Bill overheard and recorded, a conversation between Jim Miller and a young customer called Barry. Hello, Barry. How are you today? Hello, Mr. Miller. Fine, thank you. Just admiring the peas. They sure look good. They are good, Barry. How's your mother? Fine. Stronger all the time. Good. Anything I can help you with? No, sir. Just fancying the peas. Would you like to take some home? No, sir. There's nothing to pay for them. Well, do you have anything to trade me? Got nothing but this marble. She's my prize. Is that right? Let me see it. Hmm. It's a nice one, all right, but it's sort of blue, and I really like red. Do you have a red one? Maybe at home. Not really so red, but sort of. Well, why don't you take this sack of peas, and the next time you come by, I'll have a look at that marble. Bill began talking with Mrs. Miller, who filled him in. He's got three of these boys, she said, all come from very poor circumstances. Jim loves to bargain with them for peas, apples, tomatoes, whatever we have, when they come back with their red marbles, and they always do. He decides he doesn't like red, after all, and he sends them home with a bag of produce for a green marble, or maybe an orange one. Years went by, and eventually Bill moved to Utah, and then by chance he was visiting his old community when Jim Miller died. Bill had never forgotten him and went to the funeral home to pay his respects. When he went to greet Mrs. Miller, she said to Bill, the boys have all come by. All three made it. Thanks be to God.
and he was very proud of them. You know, we never had a great deal of the wealth of this world, but right now Jim Miller would consider himself the richest man in Idaho. She led Bill over to the casket and showed him the treasure that rested in the hands of her deceased husband. Three magnificent red marbles. Three marbles. The fruit of true generosity, astonishing generosity, not an abundance of resources, but instead a huge heart and an abundance of compassion and great joy. Every year at Covenant Renewal Time, when it's time to affirm our commitment to this place and to the good work of this beloved community, every year as I think about all it means to me to pledge my financial support to this spiritual home, this passage from Annie Dillard comes tumbling through my mind. She is talking about what she knows about writing. I am translating her words into what I know about giving. Here is how I hear them. One of the few things I know about giving is this. Spend it all. Shoot it. Play it. Lose it all right away every time. Do not hoard what seems good for a later time, for another time. Something more will arise for later, something better. These things fill from behind, from beneath, like well water. Anything we do not freely and abundantly give becomes lost to us. Give. Give it all. Give it now. My spiritual companions, that mysterious fourth stage of giving is something beyond anonymity, something beyond righteousness, something I suspect that is as close to pure joy as we get. One gift starts it all a bag of groceries, painting a porch. And before we know it, we have a neighborhood, a congregation, and astonishing generosity. Not just an abundance of resources, but an abundance of compassion and great joy. The eighth and highest degree of charity is to anticipate a need and therefore to prevent poverty. May our congregation, which is so rich in spirit, now enjoy through our generosity a richness of the resources that enable us to be the changers and the changed, transformers and transformed. May we each and every one of us give with astonishing generosity, deep compassion, and great joy. Give it all. Oh, and I have a marble I think you'll like. <laughs>